Anomalous Playboy, a football podcast. With your hosts, Ashley and Michael, please sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Undroppables Playbook, a football podcast presented by the Undroppables and sponsored by Analyst Depot. I am your host, Ashley. This is our other host, Michael Duncan. How are you, Michael? Hey, everyone. I'm great, Ashley. It's wonderful to see you on this wonderful Wednesday. Uh, The Eagles won by a lot of points. It felt very good. I know. I can't say the same. No. (laughs) I can never say the same as a Giants fan, so it's fine. It's fine. Um, We're back a week after our last podcast and what has felt like the longest week on earth for NFL news. Um, Most of our show today is going to be looking at news i mean a lot of the breaking headlines from this week big injuries um a couple of big wins and losses a couple of really interesting trade and um waiver wire pickups so we'll break down all of that for you um but as always we can get started with our injury news i think we are ready to go jump right into it today so Quarterback news, Jameis Winston is going to be out probably for the rest of the season. Well, yes, for the rest of the season. season. Yeah. Um, With an ACL and MCL damage and tears. I believe the ACL is torn and the MCL is like damaged is what they officially said. Um, And good news on the flip of that is that Taysom Hill is expected to clear concussion protocol and play this week. So Um, he should be the starting quarterback for the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah, except Simeon did beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So that was crazy. So in Jameis Winston's absence, uh, Jameis Winston was on a revenge tour and tore his ACL on that. that um, that was, I yeah. don't know if you did that pun on purpose. But I did it. But then after I said it, I was like, that really didn't. I'm didn't considering work. ending the show right now. Uh, do you want to? We can. I'm thinking about no, it. Okay. If not, we'll get into the next one. Sam Darnold um, took a big hit to the head in the game against the Falcons. He's in concussion protocol. PJ Walker came in as the backup. Um, huge, huge running back news. Derek Henry had a foot injury called the Jones fracture, which is a break on the outside of the foot. He had surgery uh, this past, well, yesterday, Tuesday, involving putting a pin in and a wire through the middle of the metatarsal, which is bone in your foot. Craziest part of it all is that he came back into the game after the injury and looked like okay. I won't say he looked great. Like he didn't sure he had up, like 28 carries, though. Yeah, like they just kept using him and then he had a broken foot. So there is no clear tam- timetable on this. Um, I think they're kind of leaving it open for interpretation because they're currently very good in the playoff picture. So there is a chance that Derrick Henry is able to come back if the Titans are still in the running for playoffs. Um, but as of now he is out um, and they did pick up Adrian Peterson, I guess, to try and fill a role. I'm not going to say Adrian Peterson is going to be Derrick Henry. I think they're going to use a couple of the guys they have on the team with depth, but they did pick up Adrian Peterson. But the bright side there for the Titans is that, you know, I think they initially said six to 10 weeks, and I think it's mm-hmm. more likely to be eight to 10 weeks. So there's a chance Derek Henry comes back in time for their playoff push. Um, and, you know, Adrian Peterson actually looked pretty decent the past couple of seasons, as old as he might be with the mm-hmm. he was with Washington for two years and then the Detroit Lions last year. And honestly, like as far as free agent running backs go, yeah, he's old, but he also fits the mold of exactly what they want to do pretty well. Um, Mm -hmm. so if he has anything left in the tank, then, you know, obviously I think they're going to lean a little bit more on, um, guys like AJ Brown, Ryan Tannehill, and hopefully Julio Jones, if he's healthy to get them to the playoffs. But, um, I think Adrian Peterson will probably step for the most part. If he shows that he's, you know, healthy and ready to go, he'll step a large majority into that role. So. I agree. So that, that was, I think the indication that our week was going to be nuts. So um, next is James Robinson, who left the game early. Urban Meyer said it was a bruised heel and that he's currently unsure of how long he will be out. Doesn't it seems that he avoided any major injuries and he is going to be day to day. Damian Williams exited early. did not return after having a knee injury said um, he was due to have imaging but there have been no updates since and justin jackson suffered a quad injury that is not believed to be serious at this time 
Um, okay, on to the wide receivers. Jalen Rager um, suffered an ankle injury, is ruled out, was ruled out for the rest of the game. There is no clear updates on that since, but it seems he he also avoided any major injuries. Um, Denzel Mims suffered a finger injury, exited the game early. Sterling Shepard had a left quad strain. He's expected to be out through the bye week. Joe Judge did that thing again um, when Canarius Tony was on our injury report for the first time, and he was like, not season-ending. And everyone was like, what the hell do you mean? We didn't think it was season-ending. What do we think? Ding, ding. Uh, what did we think? We didn't think it was season-ending. And then he was like, not season-ending. And so he did that thing again where he's like, hopefully it's not too bad. And we're like, we didn't think it was that bad until you say things like this. So. He's the worst. Um, he is. Kadarius Tony suffered a thumb injury. Um, looked a lot worse than it was. Um, based off of like his his pain, he looked to be in a lot of pain. He went back to the locker room, came back out, rejoined the game. So seems he avoided any major injuries there. T.Y. Hilton suffered a concussion in the fourth quarter on Sunday, so he has to clear the five steps of the NFL's concussion protocol in order to return to play for this week. Um, for tight ends, Rob Gronkowski had quote unquote back spasms, but Arian said it was kind of a flare up of his old injuries when he sustained those internal and broken rib injuries and that he probably shouldn't have come back this soon. Um, for our defense and O-line report, three major injuries, Daniel Hunter, uh, tore his pectoral muscle. He was put on IR from Minnesota. Jabril Cox, the linebacker from Dallas, tore his ACL and is going to be out for the rest of the season. And Trayvon Diggs had a sprained ankle. I haven't seen any updates on that since. Uh, but that's two huge pieces of um, Dallas that would be out if both of them missed time this week. Um, Dak Prescott did. I, d- I didn't put that. I forgot to put that on the list. Dak Prescott ended up not playing this week with that calf strain. Um, you and I talked about last week that we kind of got a little bit of bad vibes from it and turns out he ended up not playing. So his backup came in Cooper rush. Um, and for the first time I have a kicker on our injury report. I usually do not have them on here, um, or kicker news on here, but Chris Boswell took a really bad hit to the head on a fake field goal for Pittsburgh and had to go through the NFL's concussion protocol out for the rest of the game. Um, and Pittsburgh had to play the rest of the game without a kicker. That was wild. They had to keep going for two pointers and um, just keep going for it. It was just they were just slinging it with an old Nothing man quarterback. How important kickers are until yeah. you have to play a game without one, right? And everyone's like, "We really should. We really should be going for a field goal here." But it's nope. wildly exciting, though. It, it the Eagles, really is. The Eagles have done it. I feel like more than once in the past couple of years, and it's always just you know, it's always a great time. Always yeah. an adventure. Yep. Do you said you had a couple of, I don't know we, we talked about Taysom Hill. Yeah. So that's it for our injury news. Um, we can jump into our actual news segments. Um, do you want to get us started? Sure. Yeah. So this, uh, it was kind of a, like, so we, we have an undroppables group chat. Um, we have a couple of them and, you know, normally we like to send in like relevant news and stuff and, we talk about it a little bit and it just feels like these past like 24 to 48 hours have just been kind of nonstop in terms of like, we'll send something in and then it's like an hour two hour long conversation. And then things just kept happening. Um, it has been a bit of a hellish couple of days as an NFL fan, to be honest, ever since football stopped on Sunday. Um, but, you know, to start, I think we'll get this one out of the way. Obviously the most, disheartening news and the the worst news to come out of uh these past couple days uh was henry ruggs uh former wide receiver for the uh las vegas raiders former first round pick i forget he went in the mid-teens um out of alabama yesterday on november 2nd tuesday uh he was found uh to be in a car crash um and he was cited for dui um at 3:40 in the morning and he was found to be driving over 150 miles per hour. He damaged another car and killed both a person and a dog inside of it. Um and he has since been I don't think he hasn't been sentenced or anything yet, but in the days in the really the hours since then, um the Raiders have put out a statement, the Raiders have released him. 
Um, we've seen reports just kind of getting worse and worse about the things that lead it up to him. He was twice the legal limit um, in terms of intoxication. And it's just been really disheartening because you see this kind of thing all the time. And, you know, you see success and you have these people that have all of the opportunity in the world and they have the world in the palm of their hands. And unfortunately, because of bad decisions, it's wasted. And a lot of times it's these guys that have every opportunity to not fall for these types of mistakes. We live in 2021. He was in Las Vegas and Uber is a thing. Lyft is a thing. Taxis are a thing. He is a professional athlete for a multi-billion dollar industry. And I guarantee you that if he called anyone associated with that team, they would make sure he had a way to get home. The NFL does. The NFL has a program where you can call a driver. Yes, exactly. And that's the thing. It's just there's so many ways that he could have avoided this and he didn't. And equally so there, you know, I I don't know all the reports in terms of who, what he was doing that night, who he was with, but the people around him are not maybe equally, but also very, you know, they have to live with this too, because they let him leave a place with his car keys in his pocket, being as intoxicated as he was and get behind the wheel of a car. It's not okay to do. It's not okay to let your friends do. Doesn't matter how they seem, if they seem like they can drive, because they probably can't. Um, yeah, it's extremely unfortunate. Obviously, we're thinking about the uh, the family of the uh, the woman who died in the crash, and yeah, it's it's very unfortunate. It's very sad. Um, there's obviously going to be football ramifications, but I think we just wanted to start by kind of touching on the the reality of this depressing news. Yeah, he was brought into court today. The judge said that never in his time behind the bar has he um, seen any sort of case where there has been somebody driving that fast. And 156, I think, was the actual. He slowed down to about 127 when the airbags deployed um, because the computer system in the car can tell you how fast you were going when the airbags deployed and he was going around 127. His girlfriend was in the car with him. She sustained non-life-threatening but serious injuries um, to her arm. Henry Ruggs showed up to court in a wheelchair and a neck brace. His injuries were also classified as serious but non-life-threatening. His bail was asked to be set at like $1 million, but it was ended up being set at $150,000 with strict limits on not being able to leave your house, drink alcohol, um, having like an ankle monitor on not being able, you know, giving in your license and your passport, not being able to drive a car, all those kind of things for now. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of don't have many words that many people haven't said before, but unless you know, you've been impacted by somebody driving drunk, um, you don't really understand the pain that comes with that. And it really, stinks um because that's a choice and whether he was drunk or not he made a a choice i'm not gonna say a conscious choice but he made a choice to get behind the wheel and people in his life let him make that choice um and unfortunately it a 23 year old died that i i'm 23 so that someone my age died because somebody else um made the choice to get behind the wheel drunk when you had all of the world at your fingertips. The NFL has had a I'm pulling up the name for it. The NFL had something called the player transportation linked for the past 10 or so years. So players knew this was a thing um, that that's kind of a last case. There was always this kind of like privacy issue with the player transportation link. Um, but it's basically just Uber and Lyft for a private, you know, for the NFL a private driver. It, it's a limo. Um, so even with the privacy issues, it's either you have a little bit of privacy issues or you kill someone and you killed someone. Um, Henry Ruggs is going to face up to, there is no, let me just say first, there is no chance for probation. So if he's found guilty, he will go to Nevada uh, state prison. Um, because when a death is involved in a DUI in Nevada, um, there is no probation. So he faces a minimum of two years. And as of right now, up to six 
for reckless driving and driving under the influence involving a death so he could face up to 26 and i know that the state is exploring other options for more charges to bring um on behalf of his girlfriend because she is also a victim here because she didn't get behind the wheel um so they're exploring adding even more years to that that possible sentence um but yeah i mean that that one of my huge main life rules is never letting anybody in my life get behind the wheel drunk. I don't care really what people do. Most of the times I just, besides people being good people, but getting behind the wheel drunk is like a non-starter for me. I've lost friends that way by stealing keys before. So this one, um, unfortunately I really don't feel that bad for Mr. Ruggs. Um, but I really do send my deepest sympathies to, the families of the other people and other parties involved. And I hope they find peace. And I think there is something to say that, and I, I I don't remember who said this in our group chat earlier, but um, we can be empathetic with Mm -hmm. Henry Ruggs and not have to be sympathetic. And I think it is important to be empathetic and understand that he is going to have to live with this for the rest of his life. And that's, it's obviously it's a situation that happened because of his own doing, but it is, unfortunate and probably going to be very hard to live with for a very long time so um let's move on to something slightly less depressing um ian Hmm? i said is it are we going on to the next one on the list yeah yeah i mean this is slightly less depressing i consider this a good thing um and that's calvin ridley uh wide receiver for the atlanta falcons um he put out a statement god was it saturday or was it? No, it was Sunday, Sunday morning. It was Sunday morning. Was he Sunday was mo- first noted as he was uh, personal issues. He wasn't going to play. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he put out a statement on Sunday morning that basically just said, um, you know, he is stepping away from football for the time being due to uh, his mental health um, and um, mental health issues that he's been having. Uh, notably, he missed a game, I believe the game in London a couple weeks ago before their bye week. Um, due to the same, you know, personal reasons, we assume it's the same issue. Um, he played in a game after the bye week, and then obviously, uh, this is uh, he's now going to be out indefinitely. Um, and you know, at first, this might seem like another sad thing, obviously, not to the level of the last one, but I actually think this is great. Um, yeah, I'm really happy about this. I'm happy that he feels okay enough, especially considering where he's at in his career right now, you know, like. Um, I think part of it is probably, you know, he's having to fill the shoes of Julio Jones and he's on the verge of, um, you know, right now he's basically playing for that big contract and being the position that he is in the league right now and how good he is as a player. He is playing for a very, very large life changing contract yeah. and uh, he's underperformed a little bit. And I'm, you know, I, I'm sure that's partly in due to all of this stuff that's happening all at once. And I can't pretend to be inside the guy's head, but um, I'm happy that both the team and himself are comfortable enough to say what is happening and that he feels okay to step away from the game of football while he gets himself right. Because, you know, the longer you put it off and the more you try and ignore it, the worse that type of stuff gets. And the fact that the team is supporting him in his time away is really good to hear in all honesty. Yep. For far too long, we have um, kept athletes on our professional sports in the MLB, in the NFL, in the NBA um, as purely props for entertainment. And um, a lot of people forget that these people have the same issues you and I have same issues. You could find anybody on the street and they have those same issues. Maybe not with money, maybe not with friends, but I mean, mental health issues are health issues and there are a plethora of reasons mental health issues happen. And a lot of them come from just having chemical imbalances in the brain. And I'm just happy that to see players now prioritizing mental health and knowing when to step away, um, that football is not going to be your livelihood for the rest of your life. Um, so to be able to prioritize yourself and say, Hey, I need to get right before I come back to the sport is really, really good to see, especially as somebody who suffers with mental health issues myself, to be able to see, um, you know, people even on bigger platforms learn when to say enough is enough and I need to focus on myself and get myself right because you can't be a good player without being in the right headspace. Um, 
So I'm really happy for him. It's it's sad we're not going to see him, hopefully, for just a little bit. I, I hope he um, maybe through the end of the season is kind of what I'm expecting. Maybe he'll come back a little bit. Um, but I hope he takes all of the time he needs. I hope it's not something that's rushed because the organization wants to get him back um, or fans want him back or anything like that. I hope he just gets completely right before he comes back to the game because I miss seeing um, the Calvin Ridley we know and love. So being able to get him back in the right headspace is you know, really important for him, for the sport. Um, and I'm just thrilled that there was so much support behind his decision. Yeah, I agree. And honestly, the more that we see, I feel like athletes – in this, you know, that have such a large following and a large platform do this type of thing and talk about this type of thing so openly. I mean, we had Lane Johnson, uh, right tackle of the Eagles, do it a couple weeks ago. Obviously, mm-hmm. I think Brandon Brooks of the Eagles also, right guard, kind of was one of the first, I think, big names to come out about it a few years ago. And I think since then, we've been seeing it more and more. But the more professional athletes that we have talking about this type of stuff and the more people with a large platform, I think the more normalized it's going to get in regular society and the more, you know, the more normal it's going to be able to be for people growing up now and people going into the workplace and, you know, being able to take a mental health day and not feel like, you know, you're doing something wrong. Like if you're sick, you don't go to work. And it's just a big part of understanding that, you know, a mental health issue is not that different than a health issue and both should be treated the same. And, um, you know, again, hopefully that seeing these people on these platforms come out and talk about it will just normalize it across the board. And um, I agree that it's been awesome to see particularly the support that's come out. You know, I feel like we're always worried about um, putting that kind of stuff out there because of the people, the, the vocal minority. And it's been nice to not really see a lot of that. Um, so that's awesome. I really hope Calvin, you know, we wish him the best and, uh, hope he's back out there soon, but more than anything, hope that he's feeling like himself again soon. Yeah. And next, (laughs) I think that's all I have down there. Next, um, Von Miller traded from, yeah, yeah, that was that, that hit me by surprise. I saw that one. I was like, what went to the Rams? Um, Rams said they literally put a, a gif on Twitter and said, we're all in baby with like a bunch of poker chips. Um, yeah, apparently they used, and I, I think Dan, uh, from, uh, the undroppables at, at AWL Sabermetrics um, could tell this better than I can, but I believe they used a gif of a character from a movie that ends up going all in and losing, like losing really big. So like, good. that's not a good sign. But yes, I I believe they traded what a second and a third round pick for Von Miller and the Broncos are uh, paying a little upwards of nine million of his contract in this final year. Um, So the Broncos get draft picks and the Rams get another piece to their defense to hopefully help them compete for a championship. Yeah, Um, I saw an interview with Lesney, the GM of the Rams, that he said his kids got him a mug with the meme of him that says um fuck them picks you know the the meme of him that's like it's oh, like the I'm gonna have meme. to like bleep that out now or something no we were we were allowed to we were allowed to remember we asked at the beginning of this we asked who at the beginning of what we asked nick if we were allowed to curse well yeah but now like i either bleep it out or i have to okay like, so bleep it out don't mark ways. it explicit mr okay. producer well, um, yeah well you're just making work for me Ugh, it's one sound effect. Um, anyway, it says bleep them picks, less need. Um, because his kids got it for him. Um, because that meme of him is on Twitter all the time because the Rams just have no regard for their graphics. Um so they they like these like mid-round picks where they can kind of throw dart throws. And yeah, that's about it. Like, crazy I mean... though. I that one really took me by surprise. I did, I did see a, a a really funny tweet, and I have no clue who tweeted it, but it was basically like, you know, the last time they had a first-round pick was when they picked Jared Goff in, what, 2016, yep. I think. And they said, we're never doing that again. Yeah, we're never doing that again. And it's like, yeah, I totally get that. Um, yep. And they just have, they don't, they don't, whenever they pick someone, it's a running back or a wide receiver is what it feels like, and now they just don't pick anyone. Um, but, like, that is the literal definition of going all in. I don't know how they have any money left at this point and they don't have any picks left they must have no money left but it's incredible 
Um, I, it, it, it's very, it's probably very bittersweet for Broncos fans. Cause Von Miller has definitely been, you know, I think probably like their franchise player or something very close to that mm-hmm. for a very long time. I mean, obviously Super Bowl 50, he was the MVP and, um, that defense carried Peyton Manning on his back. He's admitted yeah. it. Uh, to that Super Bowl championship against the uh, Panthers. And Von Miller had a hell of a game, was able to take home the MVP trophy. And, you know, he's been incredible ever since being drafted into the league. And obviously, over the past couple of years, the Broncos haven't had the success that they had earlier in his career um, on both sides of the ball. Uh, but um, it's going to be weird seeing him in a different uniform. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I'm ready for that. His video, um, as he was leaving was a beautiful video. He thanked over 50 people from the organization, players, coaches, uh, training staff, scouting staff, front office, like concessions. Like he thanked over 50 people from every level of the organization that made my heart happy. Um, I know Denver's hurting from losing like the a face of the city, but I'm happy to see what he, what he's able to produce. And we know that the Rams are making a, a good run right now. So I mean, yeah, you're putting him next to Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, that's that terrifying. It's just it's terrifying. It's could ridiculous. you imagine? Could you imagine having oh. to throw a pass looking down that? No. Nope. No. I can't imagine no. having to throw a pass with like anyone. Third <laughs> stringers. Again. Like I don't I would no, die. Those... I'm dead. Yeah. Regardless. Um, yeah. it's fine. But yeah, the Rams just look even better. Obviously, they're yeah. tied uh, for top of the division with the Cardinals yeah. at seven and one. Um, so that division is going to come down to the wire. And it's crazy to—I th- mean, we're, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, I think. But mm-hmm. it is crazy to think about the fact that one of those teams will be a wild card, and it's yeah. always funny when that happens because then you get a you know a division like the NFC East. Yeah. So it's fine. Um, although they're fine this year, but yeah. Um, moving right along. Mm -hmm. Uh, to um, the NFC North and their quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, has been the subject of discussion. Hmm? It's Blake Bortles time. Oh, stop it. It's Jordan Love time. (laughs) Um, But Aaron Rodgers has been the subject of discussion and a lot of, uh, I think, confusion. Um, It's only been like for the past, like, it's only been today. You know, we're recording this on Wednesday night. Um, But he has tested positive for COVID and it has been, I guess revealed that he is unvaccinated. Um, And the reason that this has been such a big deal was because a lot of people felt that they were led on to believe that he was fully vaccinated um, when in fact he's not. And um, reports I feel like since then have been coming out in a lot of different varying ways and varying reports. And I haven't really been able to figure out fully what is what I did see a report that apparently Aaron Rodgers had properly communicated with the Packers mm-hmm. and the league that he was unvaccinated. So they did not feel let on, uh, like they weren't let on to believe that he was vaccinated. Like he didn't hand in like a fake, you know, vaccination yeah. card or anything like horrible like that. Um, but apparently the Packers are beginning to be in hot water a little bit because they were treating him um, with media members like an, like a fully vaccinated player in where he wears his masks, how he wears his masks. You've got people scouring all the old videos of the season and seeing like, okay, how is he allowed to do this when Mm -hmm. he wasn't actually vaccinated? We thought he was vaccinated, whatever. So any thoughts on that? Because it's, it's, it's still a developing situation and you know, he's going to be, yeah, it's been out for less than 12 hours. The news has come out less than 12 hours ago. Um, The one thing is there's that press conference that everyone's pulling up. They, they're, they're asking him if he's vaccinated and he says, yeah, I'm immunized. Um, it yeah. came out that he had like a homeopathic homeopathic remedy to try and get immunized against COVID. So like very like natural medicine, not like an actual injection. So he kind of did like a slight of words. He didn't say, yes, I'm vaccinated. He said, I'm immunized. So take that at what you will. Um, okay. So a lot of people are like, Okay, so even media was, like, led on to believe that he was vaccinated by doing, like, a slight of hand trick with his words. Um, Yeah, so I I do think that at some point, all of his press conferences, he doesn't have a mask on. And I I think that's going to be where the major fines and stuff come from because the players don't. With the Packers, for sure. Yes, with the, yeah, I think the Packers are going to face a pretty hefty fine. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback he speaks to the media after like every game and he never has a mask on um so i think they're gonna face a pretty hefty fine i think this might lead 
the league to kind of tightening their COVID protocols again a little bit. If like a huge star can do it, then maybe other people are falling through the cracks a little bit. Um, I don't think they need to be wearing masks anymore when they're outdoors. So correct. Yeah. So everyone was like, he does wear his mask when he's in the facilities, like inside during like film study and stuff like that. So the only real, like people don't really film them when they're like in the middle of the facilities. So, and we don't have like locker room conference, uh, like press conferences anymore. So I think the really only indication is that the press conferences where he is not wearing the mask. I think that's where they're going to be the hefty fines come from. Cause that's really the only time we're going to be able to pinpoint. I'm sure the NFL has cameras, so there actually might be more like in facilities and stuff. But other than that, yeah, I think it's dumb. Um, that's pretty much it. I mean, they had a huge COVID. I I've heard through a couple of the NFL sources that the Packers right now, the concern is that there are going to be more because now your quarterback has COVID. You had two wide receivers who had COVID last week. You had coaches who had COVID um, in this past week. So I think the, the the real concern at the current time is that there are going to be more cases before the game on Sunday against the Chiefs. And that's another big concern is that you're going to have a rookie quarterback come in as um, against the Chiefs. So that's a, a pretty well, big concern. Not a anymore, but... Not a rookie, but like a he's non-starter. Less. There we go. That's kind of how I meant it. Non-starting quarterback. Um, Backup. Come on against the Chiefs. Sure. You like me that word? Tonight. You like that word? I mean, I think I like backup better than non-starter. Non-starter. Personally, it rolls off Are the tongue sure? a little bit better. Are you sure? Um, but you sound but... a little bit more smart than you said. A little more smart. Yeah, this is like not working well for me. Stop cornering me. You're killing it. You're killing it. I'm just going to, I think I'm going to clip this and just put <laughs> it on Twitter. Just Please this. Do. Um, yeah, and so uh, it'll be interesting to see how that kind of happens. I think a lot of that's just going to be kind of waiting and seeing, uh, seeing what the NFL does, seeing how the Packers handle it, and um, seeing if there's any more repercussions, especially in terms of players catching COVID or um, if it turns into, I think, more or less like the first real breakout of the 2021 season. Um, but uh, on another note, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., he was told to not come to practice today. He was not, he was sent home is probably too strong of a word, but he was said that he didn't, he was told he didn't have to come. And a large uh, reason for that is because, um, <laughs> um, sorry, I just saw a comment. Uh, non-starter Nick Foles, Super Bowl MVP backup Nick Foles. Yeah. So mm -hmm. go birds. Um, anyway, Odo Beckham Jr., um, they looked for a trade partner at the trade deadline yesterday, um, Tuesday at 4 p.m., and nothing, uh, a trade did not happen. Um, there were discussions, but the teams could not come to an agreement on, you know, what the Browns would receive back. Um, so the Browns basically told OBJ, okay, you don't need to come in today. And the thought is that he is expected to be released more than likely because yeah. his dad doesn't want him there. That's clear. After the posts on Instagram about Baker Mayfield, just not throwing him the ball. It's like OBJ, an 11 minute video. I mean, yeah, he yeah. probably could have been a little more generous with like the cuts. Yeah. I think he could have made it a little bit shorter, but, uh, yeah, it's very bizarre. I feel like that kind of thing you don't see in the NFL very often. I feel like it's a very NBA move. And I say that as a Sixers fan who's currently dealing with one of their star players not yeah. being there. Um, yeah, I'm okay. It's fine. Uh, but it's it's really interesting. And it, it feels like this OBJ marriage has been kind of destined to fail since the very beginning, since they traded him. And he's never gotten on the same page with their franchise quarterback in Baker Mayfield. Uh, even though he's playing there with one of his best friends in Jarvis Landry, it feels like he's never really been happy. He's been on and off the field due to injury. But all in all, I feel like he's had like three really, really explosive games um, since being traded from the Giants. And honestly, I don't even, I, I have not been able to keep track of how many years he's even been there. It feels like it's, he feels like he's been there for like 10 seasons now, but I guess he's nearing the end of his contract that he had with the, uh, uh, the Giants. So, I mean, it's very interesting. Yeah. Um, something like that did happen with, uh, 
what's his face he does media there was the giants tight end who who does the media now i can't i literally cannot speak today um who's but what now he he does a couple of media appearances now he's the giants tight end i literally can't remember his name he was cut last year it happened with his girlfriend and him they were like posting on instagram like why don't you get me the ball all that not kind of Kelvin stuff benjamin no oh this is not going well for me today. Anyway, no, so it, there is there it's totally fine. Um, there is some history with that, and then I I don't know. They they could be a little bit more subtle about it, but they yeah. I don't think he's going to be playing there. I was saying to you earlier that um, I think OBJ was a great piece, especially if you're going to be making like a pretty deep playoff run, and right now you're sitting at the bottom of your division. Um not even close to the playoff yeah having a playoff berth so i well, I to be fair they are him. close to a playoff berth they're, close, they're just not but... close to winning the division and even then yeah. i mean they're only what two games back so yeah. they still have a good team but even if he's back i don't even know if that's what's best for the team like no. it hasn't translated into success in the past no he's literally just running wind sprints like that's all he's there for and it's like they're not even like super like designed routes to like get your you know, focus on someone else. Like they're not working. Like people like straight up, like are not covering him as much anymore. Like they're still covering him. Obviously you have to, but not as much anymore because they're kind of, he's kind of designed as like this, like fake route. Um, he's not getting thrown the ball. He's not helping the team at this point. He's become a huge distraction. Um, Baker Mayfield today trying to avoid, to be honest. Yeah. Yep. And it's already starting. They asked Baker Mayfield today, like, do you want an apology? He said, something about he would love an apology. They were like, are you hurt by it? He said, no, I'm not hurt. I'm just surprised um, regarding the video his father put out. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it's a lot of drama. I think it's, I think it's ultimately just going to end in OBJ getting released and picked up by somewhere else. Did you already say the numbers from the contract? No, but I have them right here. So yeah. he was due 15 points, uh, 15.7 million was his cap hit. And if he was uh, for this season and if he was cut during this season, that entire thing would end up being dead cap for the Browns. And obviously uh, we're already halfway through the season. So half of that is already paid out. Half of his contract is already paid out. So if they released him now, then they would still be, they would have the rest of his salary on the books, which I think you said was around half of that, like 8 million ish or something. Um, So yeah, it's obviously rough. Um, I think they obviously wanted to avoid cutting him at the beginning of the season due to that dead cap. But you know, if this is going to become a distraction, we've seen teams have take much larger dead cap hits than that. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Eagles took like what feels like $90 million in dead cap from Carson Wentz. So because of all the issues surrounding it and when he's not helping your team on the field, he's 29 years old. He has been with the team now for three years and it just feels as though he's more of a hindrance than he is um, helpful. So it's a very bizarre situation. It's one that I think, you know, I I feel like a lot of times when you see these trades that, you know, people talk about on Twitter before they actually happen, um, they never actually come to fruition. But Odell Beckham Jr. to the the Browns was like a very popular one back in whatever that was, like 2018. Um, And it actually happened, and it just didn't work out. And I guess that's why Twitter aren't GMs. But... Yep. It's uh, it's very odd. Maybe Dave Gettleman was right after all. Probably not. He's a moron, but probably it's not. fine. Um, he probably just yeah. got lucky. Any more final thoughts on uh, OBJ and that whole situation? No more final thoughts. I think my la- uh, well, one more final thought would be that everybody was like, he's not a drama queen. It's just New York. Um, I'm not calling him a drama queen, but there is always something. I don't want to say it's always drama, but there is always something, and it seems like there is something not in new york it's something with him and i hope that he finds a place that he really fits in i do you know what what's your thoughts where do you think he could if he gets released who picks him up i mean i think there's a billion different options i think the chiefs would make a lot of sense mainly just because it feels like they are discombobulated they they're all i feel like right now because all they have is tyreek hill and they have really no one behind him at wide receiver they're Mm -hmm. always going to be like the first destination that everyone points to but Um, byron pringle stop um 
The Saints obviously need a need a wide receiver with Michael Thomas now being out for the rest of the season, which was something we forgot to mention earlier, I think. We um, did forget that. Yeah, uh, so he's out for the rest of the season. He put a statement on, um, but on Twitter. Um, yeah, I mean, the Saints make sense, but I don't know. I, I, I think he's going to go somewhere because for the most part, he's going to be able to be cheap because the Browns are going to have to pay the rest of his contract regardless. So um, it reminds me of kind of Antonio Brown being released from the Raiders a couple of years ago. Um, obviously yeah. not the same level of the off the field issues, but just in the way that all of a sudden it's just about opportunity. It's about location and the chance to compete for a Super Bowl. Um, and I think the chiefs, if they think that he has anything left, Andy Reid has always been a really, really, really good leader of men. He's always been, yeah. he's never been shy about taking on strong personalities or um, trouble guys with trouble pasts or whatever, but it'll be interesting. I, I, I don't know, um, but uh, I'm excited to see what will happen. That was something I was going to say too with, um, with him was people online are like, well, the Raiders, like, look, spot right there. Mm-hmm. I just think there's absolutely too much going on over there. I think they're not going to take on something else. Um, you lost your head coach, your players going to jail. Um, and this a lot of, you know, one thing that I had thought of with Henry Ruggs too, was like, man, if someone was going to give him a second chance, it's always a team like the Raiders. Um, but unfortunately I, for OBJ, I just think that there's too much disorganization in that organization, but I see that one floating around a lot. Um, and I just don't think it's the right time. I think if one of the two things didn't happen of the two things that have happened in the past month, then maybe there's a chance, but it's absolutely in chaos over there and they're still winning. They're still doing good because despite it all, um, so I, I see that one floating around and I don't really like that one, but I do think the chiefs, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, but they're always, they, they loved they, that entire organization loves to give uh, second chances, but I, the chiefs has been a very popular one of the, of, uh, of late. And I could see that happening anyway. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. So that's, I think, uh, you know, now that we are 40 something minutes in, I think that basically yeah. does us for the uh, news of the, the news. Week. Um, yeah, so we did say that, that was going to be the majority of this week's show, but, uh, mm-hmm. we do want to talk uh, a little more about, you know, on the field football and the way that we're going to approach that is we're going to, you know, about halfway through the season. Now we are going to take a look at the current playoff picture in the NFL and both the AFC and the NFC. Um, and we're basically just going to like talk a little bit about, you know, do we think these teams are the ones that are going to be in the playoffs nine, eight or nine weeks from now, or how do we see changing? Who do we think is going to drop out? Maybe even who do we think is going to pop in? Um, so real quick, uh, how about I just run through the, uh, the, the AFC and we will take from there. Yep. So the one seed in the AFC right now is the Tennessee Titans, the Derrick Henry less Tennessee Titans right now. We have the two seed being the Buffalo Bills. And after that, the Raiders and the Ravens also winning, currently winning their division. Uh, and then after that, we have the Bengals, the Steelers and the Chargers bringing up the last three wild card spots. And as a reminder, uh, the new playoff format being the one seed is the only team that has a bye week. Um and we have three total uh, wild card spots. So, yeah, yep. I think the biggest current omission to that list, not omission, but a team that's missing, I guess, would be the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, and that's what I was going to mention is the teams that are listed on the bubble is in this order, Patriots, Browns, Broncos, Chiefs, Colts. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I I see this list changing a bit. I think that... The NFC one, I don't. We'll get into that, but the AFC one, I could, I could see a lot of changes. Honestly, I, I think the Titans could, are going to make playoffs. I think they might slip into a wild card spot. I don't know that the Titans will stay that high, especially a Derrick Henry list uh, Titans team with the Ryan Tannehill that's been struggling a bit this year. Um, I think in order for them to stay as good as they are, I think Julio Jones needs to step up a little bit. I think AJ Brown needs to continue to carry his weight like he has been, but without Derrick Henry and with a loss of production for AJ Brown, there's a chance that this Titans team slips pretty far. I'm intrigued to see what Adrian Peterson does for them, but yeah, another one is the Raiders. I think that's you and I had differing opinions. I believe I said they were a pretender. I believe you said they were a, uh, I said they were a contender. You said they were a pretender. I believe what we were. 
I believe anyway. Um, some, I know we were different or like both kind of on the cusp. Um, that one I'm still on the cusp about, I don't know. I think they're the AFC is in like such turnover right now that there is a good chance they could stay here, but there's just as easy of a chance that they slip. I mean, they are the, they are the two seed. It's kind of crazy. I I think the biggest argument against them is that I don't think I would ever say, that I mean, even though they might be playing like it right now, I don't think they'd ever really be my pick for the best team in that division. No, and I think that's the toughest thing. Is I think the Chargers are a really, really good team. I think Justin Herbert's been struggling a little bit these past couple mm-hmm. weeks, but I expect him to turn around. And I mean, the Chiefs, I think, are only like what one or two games behind. Chiefs um, are three and four right now, or this was an old article. I think they're five. Yeah, they're and four five. and four now, four and, and the four Raiders and are five and two. So yeah. they're one win behind the Raiders. Like I, yeah, if I had to bet on it, I would say that the Chiefs figure it out, and that doesn't, you know, exactly bode well for the Raiders. And to argue your Titans' point, I do agree that they most likely probably won't be the one seed without Derrick Henry. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'd be very surprised if they don't win that division because yeah. the Jacksonville Jaguars suck. The Houston Texans. They forgot about their division. Yeah. And the Indianapolis Colts would be, you know, the closest thing. But the Titans already have, they've already swept them on the season. They've already beaten them twice, which gives them basically every tiebreaker that they could need to stay ahead of the Colts who have been struggling in their own right. Um, Again, I don't think they're the one seed, but I I think, you know, it might go a little bit later into the season without Derrick Henry, as in, uh, you know, them competing for that division. But I do think that they still end up winning it. And what do you think about the Steelers being on um, this current listed playoff picture? Do you think they stay there? Do you think they get bumped? I think they probably get bumped. Um, I just For don't... the Chiefs or the Patriots, like something like that. Uh, definitely the Chiefs. I could see the. I think the Browns will end up being better than them. Uh, having, I mean, maybe even the Colts. Like, I wouldn't be shocked to see mm-hmm. the Colts sneak in there. But um, I just don't think the Steelers are that good of a team. I think Big Ben is completely washed, and you know they've they keep losing key pieces. It feels like on both sides of the ball, and I don't know. Um, I just I don't think they're a very good team. I think that obviously, yeah, they're four and four, but I think that they're probably a team that ends up ending the season at like an eight and nine, nine and eight type record. And I don't know if that's going to be good enough when I look at some of the other teams that are going to be competing for that um, five, six, seven wild card spot. Cause I think the Bengals are a really good team. Yeah. I think the chargers are a good team. I don't know about the Patriots, but I think the chiefs and the Browns will both figure it out. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will say, I usually don't make an argument for the Patriots, but this Patriots team is catching steam and it's, pretty clear i think that with the right roster management and maybe like a waiver i'm surprised they didn't do anything at the trade deadline anyway but um a good like waiver wire pickup that the the patriots could hold their own and find their way to sneak in here um but again this list i see changing a lot more than the nfc one because they're the afc has kind of been a giant turmoil like it's not bad but like kind of just like such startling things coming out of the AOC um, that nobody, I think if you would have predicted that this was the current order of what playoffs were going to look like, people would have called you absolutely nuts and told you to stop watching football. So I could see a lot changing. I think both of us can. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. It, 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 I feel like it's even harder to make arguments against some of those meddling teams now with the expanded mm-hmm. playoffs. Like, I yep. think most in most years past, I wouldn't really be that interested in the idea of the Patriots making it. But in all honesty, like looking over their schedule, they've been pretty decent. They've had good wins over bad teams and good wins over good teams, close losses to good teams. Um, you know, maybe they're better than I'm giving them credit for. Mac Jones has been playing fairly well for a rookie quarterback. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're probably going to be in, uh, in competition for that last playoff spot. Yeah. And I mean, right now they're only separated by what one game with the bills the patriots are what's their i know the patriots are four and four four and and the bills are are five and two two. okay so yeah not crazy but i mean that's not also like a million games back they're in second place in their division um pretty interesting do you want to scoot on to the nfc the the nfc 
Yeah, I'll scoot on over there. I literally can't speak today. You're doing your best, and that's all that matters. So uh, right now, uh, the NFC is very, very top-heavy. We have the Packers as the one seed at 7-1. and Obviously, uh, they have a matchup this week against the Chiefs, and they will not have their quarterback. Um, Then we have the Arizona Cardinals at 7-1 and coming up at the second seed. Obviously, the Packers have the tiebreaker because of their Thursday night win a, a week or so ago. We have the Cowboys as the three seed at six and one we have the bucks as the four seed at six and two then we have the rams as the five seed the first wild card at seven and one so so far we don't we have one team with more than one loss of your first five seeds and then you have the saints at five and two and the carolina panthers at four and four um on the bubble we have the vikings the niners the falcons and the eagles and the seahawks all with three wins so, yeah, um, very top heavy. Um, and I think it's really just going to come down to those last two playoff spots, the last two wild card spots, uh, with Jameis Winston being out for the season now, mm-hmm. uh, and Taysom Hill stepping up as the starting quarterback, obviously, with very little firepower on offense, but a really strong defense, uh, for the Saints at five and two. So, what do you think? What do you see? Um, I completely agree. I think it is going to come down to, I, I don't see the Panthers making the playoffs really. Um, well, who's in their division again? I can never remember. The, Bucks, um, the Saints. Yeah, I don't. I don't see Falcons. any real way. I don't think the Carolina Panthers end up making um, playoffs. I think Saints again is dependent on what's going to happen with Taysom Hill in there instead of Jameis, and kind of the rest of their roster staying healthy and if they can keep the depth they have i think that's a huge thing um especially with michael thomas not coming back with you know alvin Kamara being a pretty bell cow running back i think that theirs is going to hinge on staying healthy from here on out yeah i mean it, that that is so crazy i looking at the standings like how many games that there's only one team in the first what six you said with uh, with only more than first, one loss. First five. That's the top insane. five seeds. Four of them have one loss, and the Bucks are the only one with two. Yeah, I think for me, I think the people that might knock out those final two, I think the Seahawks have a chance if Russell Wilson's coming back, which we have heard that he is moving a lot quicker than we expected him to originally. So I think the saints could kind of vie for a spot. I think the the Seahawks. Yeah. The Seahawks. Um, The Eagles could, Mm -hmm. I, the division is literally trash. So the Eagles could, the only thing we have going for us is the fact that in our last like five games, I think four of them are division matchups or something like that. And yeah, that's what it's going to happen. So. But yeah, I mean the Vikings are okay. The, 49ers See, the, the Vikings, are okay. the Vikings are the biggest one for me. I think. Yeah. Uh, like I think they'll definitely be competing for that last spot. I think. What's the rest of their schedule look like? Let's look it up. In all honesty, like I think the Saints would be hard pressed to not make the playoffs at this point at five and two. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you lose Jameis, but you gain Taysom Hill. It's not like Jameis was really winning them games anyway. Like he's been fine. Um, yeah. I think Taysom. Honestly, I think like I would have picked Taysom to be their quarterback at the beginning of the season. I don't know if he's necessarily mm-hmm. a better quarterback than Jameis, but considering what they have at receiver and you know at pass catchers in general, like I think I'd rather have an offense that runs through Taysom Hill in the running game, especially when you have that strong of a defense. So I think that's really going to help them. I don't know if they're going to win in any shootouts with Taysom at quarterback, but. I mean, the, I think the, ideally they don't have to. And Sean Payton is a very good head coach. And, I mean, he went 5-2 and two with Jameis Winston, and Jameis Winston didn't do much. So I, I think the Saints are more or less locked in. Um, I don't really see any of the other teams above them. Like, the top six seeds really are all kind yeah. of locked in for me. I think it's going to be that last seed. I think it's the Carolina Panthers. I don't think they're going to be. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be in the mix for the rest of the season, especially if they get CMC back. Um, but he is due to return off IR. We didn't mention that. Uh, yeah, he's designated to return. Uh, we'll see if he, so the practice window is open. They have three weeks to actually activate him. Um, so we'll see if he actually gets activated for this week, but I think next week is more likely, Um, but the Vikings are a big one for me where I just think they're a pretty good team. 
Um, I think they've gotten very unlucky, uh, especially earlier on in the season with some very close losses. Um, but Kirk, they always do. Yeah, exactly. Kirk has been playing pretty well. Not so well this last week, but they have Dalvin Cook, obviously Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, some great pieces on offense, and their defense has underperformed a little bit, but I think they're going to be... Their schedule is not the easiest. I pulled up their schedule. Um, You know, they play the Chargers, the Packers twice, the Bears twice, um, Steelers, Niners, Lions, you know, so... That Lions game, though. I know. But, like, I, I could see the Bears walking away i mean it depends if Nagy's what he's gonna do but the bears could walk away with one the packers i think are gonna win both the chargers the niners the steelers the rams could all beat them so i don't know i their their rest of schedule is not the it's not no way the hardest but it's not the easiest either also one other thing i wanted to say when we mentioned the packers now it's like 30 minutes later and i didn't say it earlier but there's a chance that aaron Rodgers is not back for even next week's game because the earliest he he'll be back is for next week. Saturday. Time. Yeah, but yeah. Saturday. So he would have to – so there's a chance he misses two. Because you were saying they yeah. play the Chiefs this week, and I don't know who they play next, the week after. But Yeah, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if we're looking at schedules, unfortunately, because I hate my life, the easiest schedule of those teams and the entire NFL for the rest of the season, I believe, is the Eagles, at least of a week or two ago. So that would have included the Lions game. Um, yeah, I mean, the Eagles could make a run and then lose in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, totally. It'd be great. It'd be fantastic. Totally. Um, yep. Really oh, love the it. Packers in the week after are playing the Seahawks, so they could both return at the same time, Russell Wilson and uh, Aaron Rodgers. That'd be beautiful. Possible. Um, that would be a yeah. really important game. Yeah, I mean, it might be more. Also, those games, for some reason, whenever the Packers and the Seahawks play, it's always just very weird those are very weird matchups um very weird outcomes but uh yeah i mean i think if russell wilson comes back the favorites would probably be the seahawks if they can figure their stuff out and russell wilson can you know put the team on his back and take them to a uh you know a playoff berth because again i don't think it's going to be i I don't think it's going to take a lot of wins for a team to get this final playoff spot like the, the eagles are one game out and that's saying something like we've looked horrible yeah we beat the lions but I think I could beat the Lions. Like, yeah. not saying too much. You alone, um, or are you at every position? Me at every position, ideally. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, I think it's at least somewhat fair then. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I it, it's it's definitely less interesting, I think, than the uh than the AFC side because again, I, I don't see a lot of change. Uh, maybe some shuffling within the first yep. six seeds, but it's really that seventh seed that's going to be the big difference maker over the last. Uh, you know, last half of the season, and it's going to be the one that people are vying for. So, I think I wouldn't be surprised if we see a very middling team make it and lose in the first round, and it's just kind of like, well, that that wasn't worth it. So, yeah, Yeah. that's about it. I think that seventh seed is completely up for grab. I think the sixth one is in a little bit of jeopardy, but not positive. So, yeah, it's we're at the middle of the season. Can you believe that? No, I can't. Uh, It feels like I've aged about ten different years. Um, this yeah. season, and it's only halfway done. And I also want wow, that. I hate it. You want what? A I team want Michael Duncan's uh, to make um, this on Madden. Okay, well, Please. all like fifteen overall. That's very accurate. Actually, <laughs> I, I I would argue that my punting would probably be at least a fifty overall. I'm pretty good at punting. I can't kick. Like, I can't be a kicker. Um, but I can punt. So I'm a pretty good receiver. I I just don't like running. I mean, I think I'm an okay receiver too, but we're talking NFL standards. I'll be like an 80 overall. Okay. We're getting a little, <laughs> um, I think that's probably a good point. Uh, now that we're officially talking about me in Madden, I think that is a good <laughs> point to end of this show. Um, yeah uh thank you all for listening thank you for tuning in uh you can find this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts um tomorrow morning thursday morning um under the undroppables playbook on apple podcasts uh, spotify google music or whatever google Podcasts. i don't know um and yeah, you can find me on twitter at mp duncan 75 i'm the producer for the undrafted um podcast as well hosted by jacks falcone at dino game theory 
Um, and you can find any other stuff that I'm doing at the undroppables or the undroppables.com. Ashley. Yeah. You could find me on Twitter at Ashley underscore Marie with two A's at the beginning of Ashley. You can find all my content on the undroppables website on the undroppables, TikTok and Twitter pages. Um, Twitter is the best place to find me, to interact with me, to talk to me. I am going to be tweeting out a petition for Madden, Madden to release a all Michael Duncan, um, release um uh, so if you'd like to sign that please come to my twitter page and we will all fight for this we fight for what's right here Killing um, the english language this week it's really hard like Murder. really hard this week but um yeah we will have you guys back here on wednesday at eight o'clock eastern standard time for another episode live of the undroppables playbook if you want to get as unhinged as always well you can come here if you don't know how to speak english neither do i apparently um so everybody's welcome here even if you're having a day where you literally can't speak so we'll see you guys next week have a great week and go birds. a lot less eventful i hope so